Hey everyone, uh, welcome back to Coaching from the Couch, episode three. Uh, this week we are covering week six primetime games. So, Dallin, welcome back. How you feeling? I'm feeling great, Slade. Kind of uh, almost a snooze fest of games this weekend, but <laughs> I think we'll get some stuff out of there and and yeah, have some fun talking about it. Yeah, for sure. Three primetime games that were, you know, honestly, the most exciting one was Cowboys Chargers, and even that one was like. We'll, we'll touch on it more in a second, but it's exciting to start and then painfully boring until the last like 10 minutes of the game. So uh, three really, really boring games, honestly. Yeah, I could not have predicted what happened in each of the games at <laughs> all. I was going to say, Cowboys, Chargers, maybe a little bit, but I was I did not see see how these two were even yeah. gonna go <laughs> yeah so. and i think that's a that's a great segue and let's just jump right in um we'll start off broncos chiefs thursday night football um chiefs ended up getting the win here i believe the final score was 19-8 um chiefs uh raised to five and one broncos dropped to one and five um this game in no world should have been as close as it was um, in absolutely yeah. no planet or universe should this game have been as close as it was. The Broncos <laughs> up to this point have been just painfully, just painfully terrible, just in almost all aspects. I mentioned last week that the Broncos offense was looking a little bit better, which is why I picked uh, the Chiefs to win, but I picked it to be a little bit higher scoring from the Broncos end of things because their their offense has looked a little bit more solid, but the defense has just been absolutely mm -hmm. abysmal. Just nothing good about the defense at all. And this game was a yeah. complete, not, I wouldn't say complete turnaround. I don't think it was a complete turnaround. Patrick Mahomes still had uh 300 something yards. Travis Kelsey had 124. Isaiah Pacheco had a solid night on the ground. I think he had something around 70 yards. So obviously the, the ball is still getting moved and it's still getting moved right. really well. Like there's, they're not having any problems moving the ball and it's very clear. But I will give them the credit and say in the red zone, the Broncos completely stepped up. The Chiefs went to the red zone five times um, of those five trips yeah. to the end zone. They only ended one in the end zone, which is like nothing to mm -hmm. let, nothing to be ashamed of at all, especially for the Broncos defense. Yeah. that has been so terrible up to this point. Um, really weird to see the Chiefs just completely unable to score. But I think that comes back to kind of what I've been saying, because I feel like we've talked about the Chiefs every week, actually, up to this point. Yeah, I think so. Chiefs, and it feels like the Giants. Yeah, and, and hopefully we're done with them. But it it's kind of feels like it goes back to what I've been saying, where there's just no offensive weapon who's really stepping up in these kind of crucial moments. Mm -hmm. um, obviously, you've got your Travis Kelsey, but in the red zone, it becomes a lot easier to kind of control him. Um, and then outside of that, you really don't have anything. I don't think Isaiah Pacheco is that that, you know, like, hit the ground hard is going to push a pile goal line situation running back. He's more of like your shifty speedy kind of like he's good to get these chunk plays, but in the red zone, you want a hard hitter. And I don't think the chiefs have a hard hitting running back like that. So you can't rely on yeah. Isaiah Pacheco. Travis Kelsey is going to get shut down. So you hope Patrick Mahomes can do something with his legs and he tries, but the Broncos defense did really good about controlling that and limiting the amount of points that the chiefs were getting, especially in the red zone. Uh, which I just don't think we've seen yeah. at this point. No, I gave me a couple of weeks ago. We saw the Broncos let let the Dolphins drop seventy on them. So, I mean, I got to be honest. In this game, I, I expected not obviously as bad as seventy twenty, but I did expect a bloodbath. And yeah. I got to hand it to the the Broncos defense. They they did show up when it when it mattered, and um, even though they they lost, I think it could have been way worse. Yeah. 
compared to, to like what it has been for them. So I'd like to think they're improving on defense. Um, that or or just Sean Payton's losing it. And honestly, yeah. he hasn't been that impressive. No, he hasn't. It's been it's been weird to see too because he was so. And so then that makes me wonder: was he as good as we thought he was because he had Drew Brees? And is Drew Brees better than mm-hmm. I ever gave him gave him credit for? I tend to think that Sean Payton is good. Um, I tend to think that the Broncos team just isn't great, but they had a solid defense last year, and the the defense has just been completely like flip a switch from what they were last year. And how much of that yeah. do you blame on Sean Payton? Yeah. Absolutely. So, um, just a bad performance from the Chiefs. Well, I wouldn't say bad. It was not a great performance from the Chiefs. Um, another kind of bad interception from Patrick Mahomes. He was trying to throw the ball away. His arm got hit. So you give him the slack you can, but again, just not a good interception. But the good news is the Broncos couldn't capitalize on anything anyways. Um, Russ in this game was just (laughs) terrible. Um, Two interceptions. Mm -hmm. One of them wasn't his fault. We'll give him that. It was a tip pass. The other one was just a good read by the defensive, uh, the linebacker. Um, But at halftime, he was 7-11 for passing for 37 yards. So you can't win games that way. Clearly you can, but the only good news about the Broncos offense is the run game was working and it kind of felt like they would do like two good runs and then like three passes that just didn't make any sense at all. Or Russ is getting sacked or he's trying to make a play with his legs, but can't do it. Or he's throwing to his receivers or dropping balls. So I just like the run game was working uh, across the board. Yeah. You had Javante Williams, 10 of 52. Russ was four for 31. Uh, Jaleo, Jaleel McLaughlin was seven for 30. Like everybody was effective on the ground. I would have liked to seen more of it. Mm-hmm. I really think they could have used it, especially stop giving Russ the chance to throw the ball. Clearly it's not working. Dude. It's like Russ. It's almost like a high school player that still talks about the glory days 30 years later. It's like, dude, get over it. Like yeah. Russ just is not what he used to be. And yeah. <laughs> It's like not only am I secondhand embarrassed, I'm like frustrated watching him because yeah. it's it's like Russ, you you're making a fool out of yourself, buddy. <laughs> like I don't even think he hit a hundred passing yards in this game alone, and he's he's just frustrating to watch, man. He is, yeah. He had 95 passing yards on the day, um, so just it's just yeah. a poor performance, and it stinks too because he was so good and like. Well, he did He did the very classic Russ thing, which is every year, the first half of the season, he plays spectacularly, and everyone's like, this is his MVP year, and then he kind of just poops the bed for the second half of the year, and then everybody remembers yeah. why he hasn't gotten an MVP up, vote, vote up to this point, mm-hmm. and he's kind of in, like, he's not even really doing that anymore, he's just kind of stinking across the board, and so it's like, I guess he got old, you know, or, or the Broncos just don't fit for him. And it stinks for the Broncos too, because they're screwed. They, they can't get rid of him. Yeah. You can't cut him because you eat a ton dead cap. You can't trade him because no one wants the contract and you can't bench him because you're paying him so much. So like, you just have to start yeah. him every week. And that just like, I don't know. That just sucks for them. It it sucks because it's like the Broncos have not been awesome the past couple of years. So they push all of their chips in on this hand and just praying that it pays off for them. And not only has it not paid off for them, but it's like you're the laughing stock of yeah. the AFC right yeah. now. So Yeah, and you're and you're hoping yeah. this this Russ trade is gonna be like when you brought in Peyton Manning and 
Peyton Manning comes in and what a year or two later wins the Super Bowl and retires. And it's this awesome, like crowning moment in his career where he changes team and, and wins a Super Bowl and retires. And I think the Broncos are hoping for something, something similar. And they traded for, you know, Peyton Manning was great. There's no arguing that they traded for a more athletic quarterback, maybe not a better arm, maybe not better accuracy, but more athletic. He has more, more things he can do with his legs. And it's just been mm-hmm. a complete disaster. And I don't know how much you blame on their pieces because I don't think they have the best offense. I really like Javante Williams. I think if they utilized him more, he could be a really big threat on the ground. Um, I've been saying it's Cortland Sutton's year to pop off for the last five years, and he's yet to do it. So I'm starting to lose hope on that. And Jerry Judy is just a really big dis- disappointment, especially for a first-round pick. So I don't love their offensive weapons, but I think they have enough pieces where it's like, yeah, like you can do something. And even last year when they didn't have a good offense, at least they had a good defense. So it felt like going into this year, you know, you make you have a splashy offseason. You trade for Sean Payton. You do all these things, and it's like, yeah, this is, you know, like, they're not going to beat the Chiefs for the division, but they could they could do something. They could make some noise in the AFC, and they're worse than they were last year. They have a worse record up to this point than they did last year. And so I don't know yeah. how much you blame on the coaching. Really, I don't. But it's just like that's what feels like changed. It just feels like a sucky circumstance for the general managers in general because it's almost as if they're actually trying to get good pieces. Like I wouldn't even put them in in New York's category in there because it's like on paper they're legitimately trying to make a good push but it's just these moves are not paying off for them and and it's like at this point just go get somebody that's actually established somebody that's not on the the downhill slope and get somebody that's actually going to make a difference in your organization that is like a sure thing you know and you just look at the quarterback woes they've had since peyton manning retired and you're coming off this bad Mm -hmm. year with drew Locke. And, and I don't think anybody, when that trade went down or the signing, I can't remember if he got traded or if he just was a free agent, but either way, um, when that mm-hmm. went down, I don't think anybody was like, what a bad move because it wasn't the only thing yeah. we were questioning is, was he worth the contract he got? And I think the, the answer is clearly no, but you can't know that up to that point. Cause he's been performing at a high level and he's been really solid. Yeah. And it's like a move that everybody like last year coming into the season, everyone was like the Broncos might win the AFC West. Like they might knock the chiefs down and it's because it, it seemed like a really good signing (laughs) at the time. It seemed really good. And it just now looking back just looks awful. It looks terrible. Yeah. How, how bad it has aged. Yeah. I mean, I never, I never thought they were going to beat the chiefs out, but I could definitely see if Russ was, I guess a model of his former self. When I say former, like a couple of years ago, then yeah, they could have done something, but yeah, nothing. But let's let's actually go ahead and talk a little bit more about the Chiefs because, like you said before, on paper it actually looks like they had a pretty good game as far right. as everybody's performance. Besides that Patrick Mahomes interception, yeah. that that was pretty bad. But yeah. on paper, like some people had a great game. Travis Kelsey yeah. looks like one of his no- normal normal games, except he didn't get in the end zone. Yeah, you know, and that's, but... I think, what the piece was missing is there was no end zone trip. But, yeah, from the rip, the first pass of the game goes to Travis Kelsey, and it sets the tone about what the game's going to look like. And it's going to be Patrick Holmes and Travis Kelsey. I think the problem here, yeah. and what we've mentioned all three weeks, is the Chiefs don't have anyone else. Um, they don't have 
Patrick Mahomes needs a, like someone else he can rely on in these moments when Travis Kelsey isn't going to be open and he doesn't have it right now. Um, I personally think Rasheed Rice can get up to that point. I think he's becoming a more consistent piece in this offense. Um, I think he had uh, something like 72 receiving yards this game, four targets, four catches, 72 yards. Um, I think he's becoming yeah. that next piece. And I think he's a rookie right now, so give him time and he will get to that point. But beyond that, they need someone else. Um, of the receiving yards from the game, the Chiefs, Total wide receiving core. Any receiver who had a catch had 103 total yards. Uh, 124 went to Travis Kelsey alone. And that's just like, that doesn't work. Yeah. You know, like this, that's not a recipe to win games. Um, big signing today or big trade today. I'll mention the Chiefs did just trade back yeah. to Nicole Hardman, which I think is helpful. Actually, mm -hmm. I think that's a good, I think that's a good move for them. He knows the offense. Already. I think that's a good sign for them. Yeah. Nice and easy. As I say, it won't be too much of a, of a, yeah, that weird period where they're just kind of winging it, doing the short yeah. in and out routes and stuff. Like he actually knows the offense. So, yeah, I think it's, I think it's a good signing again. McCall Hardman is not these, like he's not, a, he's not a huge threat, but I think it's helpful to get somebody who at least knows the offense and Patrick Mahomes has played with before to say, I trust you because like we've had this connection before. And I think it'll allow these other receivers to really like start doing stuff. Um, because up to this point, really, it's just been, it's just been really painful to watch. Um, Justin Watson had a, a deep ball. It was a perfect throw right into his hands, bounced right off his hands. Um, and was an uh, yeah. the week before against the Vikings, he felt the need to become Randy Moss jr. And, and Moss a player to get like a 50 yard catch or something stupid like that, which only happens against yeah. the Vikings. But this week, again, like there's just no one to turn to, no one to turn to. And so I like the McCole Hardman signing. I like Rasheed Rice moving forward, but the, the chiefs just need their wide receivers to step up because this game should not have been as close as it was. Um, even if, you know, yeah. they get into the red zone one more time or two more times. And all of a sudden it's like a, you know, it's like a 20 point game instead of a, a another, 13 point game you know so or 11 point game so just need 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 their weapons to step up so bad so much they need it yeah absolutely totally agree all right well great uh well we can talk about mvps lvps then if you've got nothing else yep let's okay, do it great Who you got yeah my mvp was harrison butker um pretty much the only reason they got points this game. He nailed a 60 yarder just before the half, uh, a windy night too. nailed a couple of long kicks um, was just really good at capitalizing on what the chiefs offense was able to give them, which was just enough to get some points. Um, obviously you'd love to see them get in the end zone, um, especially as a chiefs fan. I just imagine you have to be frustrated watching this team get that far down and then doing nothing with it essentially. Uh, but Harrison Bucker mm -hmm. showed up was clutch when they needed him to be uh, made the kicks. And for those fantasy fans outscored Patrick Mahomes in fantasy last week, which is crazy that a kicker outscored Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, absolutely. I also went with Harrison. I was going between Travis Kelsey and, and Harrison Bucker, but I definitely gave Harrison the, the nod this week because he scored 13 of the 19 <laughs> points uh, that they had. And yeah, like I said, outstanding. When Harrison comes up, it's I almost like get the butt shivers <laughs> because he's really good at nailing the long field goals, but from like 20 yards out, he misses sometimes. Yeah. So I always like am really cautious being like a, Oh boy, how's this gonna go? But he he had a 
perfect game he this did. week, and I do got to give him the nod on it. So. You do, and it's just like exactly what the Chiefs needed. You know, like the, the worst thing that could have happened, and I and we'll talk about this in the Bills game because they did have their kicker woes. But the worst thing that could happen is you're moving the ball, and then your kicking your kicking is also failing. Like you know, that would just be a terrible night. So when they needed him the most, he showed up. And I don't often think about Harrison Butker when I think about the best kickers in the league. Cause you know, you have your Justin yeah. Tucker, like I think young way is really solid. Dan Carlson's really solid. And I often forget about Harrison Butker, but he's pretty reliable. You know, I, I like not the best kicker yeah. in the league. I think, I think Justin Tucker holds that pretty easily, but he's really yeah. very reliable. Like he's not usually going to cost you a game for the most part. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally agree. And I, uh, I bet we had the same LVP this week in in Russell Wilson. Yeah, not even surpassing the triple-digit marks for passing and two bad interceptions that ultimately, I mean, that not only cost them the game, but it's just haven't been looking that great in general. Like, wide pass when you just don't have the chemistry and just keep the run game going. (laughs) Like That'll help you out so much more. Yeah. And it's, and it's not like it, it's not like it wasn't working at one point or was working and then stopped working. It was working the entire game, even into the fourth quarter. Like their touchdown drive was really reliant on this run game. It's just been working the entire game and just, you know what? Mm -hmm. I know he's, I know he's your big expensive quarterback. If it's not working, it's not working. Don't force it. And I think they forced it a couple, uh, one too many times. Um, Yeah. I had Russ as well. Um, when your defense is able to get these stops in the red zone and force field goals, you just have to be able to do something on offense. Um, the, yeah. the Broncos had two good drives the entire game. It was their opening drive uh, that ended on a fourth down stop, which I actually liked the call to go for. I think it was a good call. You expect it to be a high scoring game. You want to be aggressive. You want to set the tone. You want to score, start with a touchdown. Totally get it. And I totally agree, honestly. Um, so you start mm-hmm. with a, a really solid drive. And then the next good drive you have, is your touchdown drive late in the game. And it's just like too late at that point. And you just need to be able to rely on Russ to show up in these games. And especially in these divisional games and your team spiraling, you're not doing well. You've got a terrible record. You need to be able to trust your expensive quarterback to show up. And he just has yet to do that this year. Um, There's really no one else it could have gone to other than Russ this week. Yeah. Pour one out for Russ this week, everybody. Yeah. We'll see if he ever bounced back figures it out but up to this point it's been a very disappointing year for the broncos and i don't see it getting much better yeah shall we shall we buddy all right <laughs> shall cool. we? all right let's go on to this uh giants bills game yeah another uh boring game buffalo came out on top by the skin of their teeth 14 to 9 uh buffalo raises to four and two new york drops to one and nine um uh, same with the broncos game this this should not have been a close game at all. Um, they, oh my the, gosh, it's like pulling teeth watching it because it's like <sighs> Buffalo. Do you, do you know who this is? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, this this team is known as the worst team in the NFL right now, or arguably the worst team in the NFL. I don't even know if it's arguably at this point. They're just bad. Yeah. And you guys are supposedly this super bowl contender going up and you can't even put flipping two score game on them yeah. it's like that's looks so bad for your for your organization and if the giants didn't giants this thing the giants should have won like the giants the giants 
very easily could have won this game. And there's a couple missed opportunities. They should have. But like, if they were I, a normal NFL team, they should have. <laughs> it's just crazy because, the, like, we even talking last week were both like, this will be worse than the Broncos game because it's not yeah. – these teams are not close. Even, like, I was of the opinion that even in these games where Josh Allen kind of has an off game because he still does this. You remember at the beginning of his career, he was really inconsistent. He had really bad accuracy issues. He really couldn't do anything. And then he really started to figure out now he's, you know, like we talk about him as a top two quarterback in the league, top three quarterback in the league. But he like still has these games and these moments where he looks like rookie Josh Allen again. And he has bonehead throws, yeah. he makes dumb mistakes. He's inaccurate. And I was like, even with these types of things, the, the Bills should have no problem this game at all like yeah. you finally 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 after four years of josh allen have a run game that's f above average you've had a very poor run game up to this point and you finally have james cook who is not the best running back in the league by any means but is at least solid enough that he can get this yardage he can make an impact and he can yeah. change the game if you need him to and so there's really no excuse like honestly there's no excuse i i don't see why this no. game was as close as it was yeah, you, you literally could have put like Mac Jones or Jimmy Garoppolo in this game, and I feel like it still should have been a blowout. But it's just, Josh Allen has just been as good as the team he's been playing, if that makes sense, lately. Yeah. It's just, he's not reaching that high level that we thought he was capable of doing, and I feel like this has just been such a consistent thought with him the past year or two, or it's just like, Josh, let's... Let's see it, buddy. Let, yeah. Let's see that it factor. And as of late, it's just like, yeah, every once in a while he'll have a killer game, but then he'll go right back to, yeah, like you said, looking like rookie Josh Allen. Yeah. And this game wasn't wasn't super pretty for him. I will hand it to James Cook, though. He, he had a pretty solid game. Yeah, he did. I really liked what, what he was able to do on the ground. And it was nice to see the Bills actually have some success with the run game because it used to just be Josh Allen and that's not sustainable. So. It's not. And the entire offense was run through Josh Allen. So I love to see James cook emerge and actually make an impact on the run game. Cause they've just desperately mm -hmm. needed this. And I feel like previously with Devin Singletary, they would do this similar thing where Devin Singletary kind of stinks and then they'd bring in somebody to replace him. And then all of a sudden he'd just ball out. He'd have four like amazing games and then he'd go back to kind of stand yeah. again. So really good to see James cook emerge. And even Latavius Murray was really effective with the curries carries he got yeah. at his at his old age um really effective with yeah his carries he looks well. good on his couple of runs yeah yeah so just again like I'm, I'm willing to say that there were a couple painful turnovers that i think came in really unopportune times um there was an interception uh that happened while they were driving down the field they were doing well they got a couple penalties to move them into a, a good position and then josh allen throws an interception it was a tip drill though so we'll give him the benefit of the doubt um and then a painful fumble from gabe davis um, again, driving down the field, looking really good. It looks like they're going to put points on the board. And then Gabe Davis has a, a forced fumble. So it's just really hard to see these kind of turnovers too, because like you have to capitalize against these poor teams. And yeah, like, are you yeah. like, look at this game and imagine you're playing the bills. Are you that scared of the bills? Yeah, a little bit. Cause you know, they still have Josh Allen, you know, they can still like, they'll still have these games where they put up 40, 50 points. But like, are you as scared of the bills as you would be say like, the Dolphins, because they've been so consistent on offense, or the 49ers, who minus last week have been really consistent and really dominant. Like, no, honestly, you're not as scared as you are of those teams. Yeah, absolutely. Let's uh, let's talk about Tyrod Taylor for a second. How do you think he pulled out, former Buffalo Bill? Yeah, he gave the Giants the best game of the year for them. 
Um, they have been so absolutely abysmal on all regards to the point where like most of their games don't even feel close, you know, uh, minus the, the comeback against the, I think it was the Cardinals that they won. Um, and it's the Cardinals. So it's a bad team, but Tyrod Taylor made the bills or sorry, made the giants look competent. Honestly, um, they were moving the ball. Tyrod had a couple really good deep throws too. Like really, he really looks solid. pretty, I was going to say he's deep looked pretty good like comparatively to what we've seen this season <laughs> yeah and it was like a couple right into the basket of like wow that was just a beauty mm-hmm. um they were moving the ball really consistently um i think he did exactly what they asked him to do the only thing i'll say about him that i was really really disappointed was with was the the choice to audible from what I have to assume was a, was a pass play on the goal line. <laughs> Clock management. It, it was terrible. Yeah. Like I, I understand that he's probably given a play and he's given the option of whether to run this play or to check to a different play. And he might've liked yeah. the look, you know, he might, he might've liked the look and assumed that it's a yard. Saquon can get a yard because Saquon can get a yard. Like that's not a question in this instance, but it's like, you have to be aware enough of the situation you're in to say, even if I believe in Saquon and even if I have the best running back in the league, which I'm not saying Saquon is, but like in any instance, even if you have the best running back in the league, you don't run there with no timeouts because and if they get stopped, which they did, they, they have no chance to get another playoff. If you pass the ball, you've got 14 seconds. You can probably get three passes off if you have three yeah. quick plays. And instead yeah. you leave points on the board. You know, you go into the half, um, you're only up, Six zero, which I honestly I was surprised they were up six zero at all, but you had the chance to make it thirteen zero or to make it nine zero at least like at least come out of that play with points, and you just don't, and that's just like t- completely unacceptable um obviously, Brian Dable was super mad, but I just that's the only knock I'll give him from this game, yeah, no, absolutely, I mean very costly mistake, but all things considered other than that, I mean. For playing the the Bills, they looked pretty good. Yeah. And the Giants, I think it was the first time since 2019 or 2017. I want to say 2019 that the Bills have been shut out in a, in a half. And the fact that it came from the Giants, I was like, props to the Giants defense because they're the Giants. And that's awesome. Like, And the Bills are, are a great team. Or They didn't really look like it tonight, but they are. They're a yeah, great we, team. We thought they were a great team. Yeah, I think the, the stat was they held Josh Allen to 87 passing yards which is the lowest in a half he's had this season so far. So I really think that the giants did enough to win this game. I think it was just poor mistakes that caused issues. And I think from the bill side, there's also some issues with obviously Tyler Bass. I want to talk about Tyler Bass for a second, because it was just a terrible game. Um, Obviously Mm -hmm. you have your missed field goal, 52 yarder early in the game and you, you shake it off. You know, it's, there's no wind on the game that night, but, but kickers miss, you know, like no kicker, most kickers don't go hundred percent the entire season. So you live with it. You live with the mistake. Um, late in the game, you got a minute, 29 seconds left. The bills get the ball back. Um, they have two runs and then a pass on third down that Dawson Knox drops, um, should have ended the game. Um, it was a little bit low, but Dawson Knox should have made the catch. So now you're, you're met with the decision. You can kick a 53 yard field goal with a minute, 29 left. It puts you up by eight. So if they do happen to score a touchdown, you can still, go to overtime if they get the two point um, or you can punt the ball. Um, and they decided to kick it 53 yarder. Tyler Bass has already missed from that length. I hated that call. I hated that call. Yeah. 
Um, that was I, bad. I think in that instance, you punt the ball, you pin them deep, and then they have to go the entire length of the field in probably roughly like a minute, 10 seconds, because we'll give time for the punt play to develop. So you have to go the entire length of the field in a minute, 10 seconds with one timeout. Like, it's just like probably not going to happen. You know, it's a lot harder yeah. of a task. And you already know that Tyler Bass has missed from that long. So like, I get the idea of like trusting your players. You want your players to make the play. Um, I don't trust him to make that play after missing the exact same field goal earlier in the game, punt the ball, yeah. pin them deep that like that play almost lost them the game. I honestly should have lost them. the yeah. game. I think it should have lost them the game. Mm-hmm. And so it just that I, Tyler Bass was bad. It was a bad, bad game from Tyler Bass. Um, props to the bills for trusting him, I guess. But from my end of things, I did not like that call in the slightest. I agree. It's just like, just go with the punt. You- just, just punt it. Just punt it. What to say? What are, what are the odds? You know. Yeah. Like, know your I, audience. Yeah, and and I don't like. I don't know what the analytics say. And and obviously, analytics are so like, do what you want to do uh-huh. at the end of the day, despite what analytics say. I'm sure the analytics probably say kick the field goal there, because if you make the field goal, yeah. then either way, you're giving them long field position, not a lot of time, one time out. But then you miss, and you they, you give them the ball on their own on your forty yard line. And that's just or mm-hmm. on their 40 yard line. And that's just like, well, now they can run because they still have a timeout. Saquon's come alive in the fourth quarter. Saquon wanted to mention that too. I wish I'd seen Saquon have an impact earlier in the game because I think it could have changed the game. Um, he had almost no impact in this game until the fourth quarter. And then he, he shot off a couple. Right. I think he had like a 20 yard run and then like a 30 yard run. So like a couple really big plays. But, like, you give them the ball where you got the field position, you have a minute 29 left, you can run, you can do really whatever you want from that place because you still have a lot of time to get down to the end zone. So I just think that decision was poor, and I think they got bailed out. Yeah. Honestly. They definitely did. They they definitely did. It's like you think about how it all turned up, just how many – I mean, you take off the two scores in general that happened, that should have happened on New York's part in some way, shape, or form, at least ended in two field goals. I mean, yeah, they would have they would have won the game, you know? And that goes a little bit into, if we're talking the MVP, LVP of the game, I don't even know who I would keep as the LVP of the game. It's like partly Tyrod from the sense of, Maybe he got two in his head that last drive mm-hmm. or or what, but I didn't care for the call necessarily to throw it to Darren Waller. That last, you know, yard yeah. <laughs> or so. Because it's just like it's it's just he suffered from I don't know if you'd call it analysis paralysis, but it's like he got two in his head of being like the run didn't work and I don't want this to screw up. Yeah. And then he ends up throwing it over over Waller's head, which, which also cost them the game. But. Yeah. And I don't think Darren Waller's been fantastic for the giants up to this point either. He's always overrated. Yeah. I think I, I understand wanting to give it like, if you're going to give a jump ball to anybody and you want it to be a 50, 50, cause I think that's how the play is designed. You just, you want to give your, one of your, one of your good players a chance to make a play. So I like it going to Darren Waller. Cause he's what six, six, something like that. He's got solid hands. Yeah. He can, he can make that play. But it's like he hasn't had a fantastic game. He has not had a fantastic season. I'm not necessarily saying you should run the ball on the one-yard line, but Saquon in the fourth quarter has been a completely pl- different player than he was in the first half. So maybe it goes exactly different. more more along the lines of that is that he was hot at right. the moment. It's it's like why everybody was mad at the Seahawks passing the ball that one Super Bowl. <laughs> like 
Yes. Like, why wouldn't you run the ball? I mean, I guess that's the whole the whole point of coaching from the couch, though. Is like, it, we we call it out whenever it doesn't work, but when it does work, I guess it's the best decision they could have made. I, in this instance, it was frustrating to watch, though. Yeah, I agree, and I think a like another reason maybe you consider running is I think the Bills defense is gassed at this point. They've been on the field in the second half. There was only six drives to the 12 drives that we had in the first half. So, and they've been these long sustained drives from both teams. And so I feel like the Bills defense at this point of the game is just gassed, you know, like they're tired and that's why Saquon's breaking off these big runs and it's working. And so I don't know, you know, it's yeah. Like you say, it's really easy to sit here and say, you should have run it, you know, so easy to say that. But if they, if Darren Waller catches the ball, you know, it's a different conversation. It's like, wow, what a great coaching. You know, you, you called the perfect play and you made the play and you won the game. Well, great job. Yeah. So it's hard to say. I personally am of the opinion that like, yeah, you don't have this star receiver you can target in the red zone, um, but you have yeah. a star running back. Give him a shot. You know, like worst thing happens, like you called the play, you live with it. And that's kind of how life goes. Yep. That's it. Who's, who's your MVP of the game? Yeah, I gave it to James Cook. Um, Josh Allen scored, had two touchdown passes. He had the the interception, obviously, as well. But I gave it to James Cook really because in the second half, um, just out of halftime, uh, it's the Bills' second possession of half of the half, I believe, and James Cook just has these big monster runs to set up the touchdown that eventually, I think, I think changed the course of the game. At that point, it's seven six instead of six zero, um, and it doesn't happen without James Cook setting up these big runs. So I gave it to James Cook specifically. Um, I think broadly and generally, I'd say the running game in general just set up this this really good touchdown. I think the touchdown drive they threw the ball like two or three times because the run game was working so yeah. well. So um, I think James Cook had a really solid game. Want to shout that out, but I think the run game in general is kind of what I want to give props to in this in this instance. Yeah, no, I mean, it, it worked. I mean, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And they, they definitely took advantage of it. Um, I mean, anytime you keep a team under 10 points or so, I I just got to give props to the defense. Yeah. Granted, obviously, who they're playing. But still, I think uh, they, kept, they kept them in the game. And that defense really did look good, just holding the three field goals and no touchdowns. So, yeah. I'm going to go ahead and just give it to the defense on that. Uh, yeah. It feels like such a cop-out. I hate <laughs> saying it, but they, they looked good. They always look fairly good. So. They do, and I agree. I think it's it's really good to shout out these these opportunities, and it's why it's like frustrating to see the offense not do anything because your defense is giving you plenty of opportunity, and you're just unable to do anything yeah. at all. It's just like that just stinks, especially against the Giants defense that we know is not very good. Uh, they should be able to do yeah. a lot more than that. Yeah, say Taron Johnson had a had a crazy good game with 15 total tackles, and I'm just like, wow, that's that's awesome. Yeah. Give give the man his bag, you know. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and then you touched on your your least valuable player. I'll I'll touch mine real quick. Um, I I'm like half and half, kind of like you. Hardly. Yeah, I think I think for me personally, the line is always the least valuable player for the Giants in some way, shape, or form. So. Honestly, all things considered, I think they held up relatively well this game. I think the problem is, mm-hmm. is when they decided to fall apart. And it was always, mm-hmm. always, always these moments where the Giants have the opportunity to score a touchdown. They're driving down the field. They're in the red zone, you know, and they have three straight plays where Tyrod, Tyrod Taylor is just completely under pressure. And that just sucks. You know, like you're holding yeah. up so well up to this point. You can move the ball. Tyrod's got time. And then you get to this 
these moments where you really need them to hold it together and they just don't. I like I at th- yeah. that point I can't not say it's their fault. All things considered, I think they held up relatively well. I thought the Bills would feast a little bit more than they did, especially after the Seahawks were able to get 11 sacks on them. Um, right. So props to them in that regard, in the regard of like you need to hold up. Uh, I, in these crucial moments, they just failed to do it. And then, yeah, like you mentioned, um, Tyrod Taylor to an extent. I like. I think he played a really clean game. That audible at half is just killer, though. Because if they do even score a field goal there and it's 9-0 and the, and the game follows a very similar course, that means they don't have to go for a touchdown at the end of the game and they can win it on a field goal. So it's just like mm-hmm. such a costly mistake, especially looking at the course of the game and how it went. Uh, I just like can't not mention it in terms of like least valuable player because that was just a terrible, terrible audible. Yeah, I agree. Which It really sucks to say that I even had to put Tyrod in that in that category at all it's just like in sense it's just the giants for being themselves and and shooting themselves in the foot but tyrod honestly looked pretty good and i honestly wish i would be able to see him more because tyrod i think is a little underrated and and i feel so bad for him just in his career in general it's just like being passed around as a stepchild and and just like his whole career has been just such a bummer it has (laughs) and it sucks too because when he's played, he's always been really consistent and really solid. Yeah. But then, like, there's always these just, like, crazy circumstances. Like, when when Josh Allen took over for him, I think he got an injured or concussion or something, and then he goes to the Chargers. He's yes. balling for the Chargers, and they draft Justin Herbert. He's still playing really well, and then he gets his lung punctured, like, getting a shot or something, or getting an injection or something for a game, gets his lung punctured, and then Justin Herbert takes over. And obviously once Justin Herbert takes over, they're not going back to Tyrod. So yeah, he just gets passed around, but every time he's given the chance, he, he shows up, he plays well. So yeah, I hate to have to mention him there. Cause I really think he did a really good job against a really good defense, but that's just bonus. Yeah. Um, but he, he took, he almost took the Browns to their first game in like two seasons yeah. before, <laughs> before Baker Mayfield stole his job after yeah. like the third game or something. Yeah, it's just, <laughs> like i don't know if he'll ever find at this he, point huge in- huge jackson also had a hand in ruining tyrod's career <laughs> hugh jackson had a hand in ruining a lot of people's careers i think and ruining lots of people's careers. the browns had a, had an opportunity to ruin lots of people's careers yeah i think at this stage in tyrod's career it's not likely that he finds a starting job uh consistently yeah i think you know like he'll take over for an injured quarterback but i really do like tyrod taylor i i wish he would get more opportunity to kind of be the guy because i think he's solid i don't think he's game changing but i really think he's above average he could do really well i agree yeah it's like you know what you're getting like a pretty consistent quarterback it's like nothing too sexy or anything but he'll 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 help you get a few scores and maybe a win or two out yeah yeah he will all right great well uh good luck to the giants and the uh bills moving forward the giants have a good chance to try to turn it around this week uh against the commanders this is probably the best opportunity they'll get i don't know if Daniel Jones is starting. I don't know if we've heard. I haven't looked today. I have no idea. It seems like he's been practicing, but I couldn't tell you. And okay. you never know what Commander's team is going to show up. So yeah. it might be a pretty good game. Yeah, so we'll see. Um, best of luck to both teams, obviously. Um, Giants, your season's probably over. Sorry, buddy. But uh, yeah. if we if we have to see the Giants in primetime again, I'm going to lose it. I'm so sick of this. Yeah, I do not want to watch the Giants again if you haven't noticed already. But let's uh, let's move on to this Dallas Chargers game. 
Yeah. So uh, before we jump too deep in, obviously, uh, Cowboys at Chargers. Cowboys won the game 2017. Uh, they rise to four and two chargers dropped to two and three coming off a of bye week. Um, want to talk primetime records in terms of our game picks. Dallin, you went two for one this week. Um, only one you got wrong was the chargers game. I went three and oh, I did say at the end of last week, I think the chargers should win this game, but the Cowboys will, I still mm-hmm. believe that I still think the chargers should have won this game, uh, but the Cowboys did squeak it out. Yeah. So, um, overall, I figured it would be close, but you know, I, I went for it. So I'm going to miss Honestly, it was like that. This was the only game I was not confident on a pick because I think the Chargers and Cowboys feel so similar to me in the regard that like they should be better than they are uh-huh. and they should show up more in these kinds of games. And so when you put two of these messy teams together, who knows what's going to happen? Okay, great. Well, um, just to get started, just a completely terribly messy game from both sides of the ball um, and both teams. There was 20 total penalties in this game. Um, I don't know if the refs were being ticky tacky and calling everything or if they just it was just a messy game. But 20 total penalties is crazy. So both sides, both teams, Mm -hmm. just really messy game. Yeah, it was a lot of penalties. I didn't know it was 20, but I knew there was a ton. (laughs) Yeah, I think the yardage on it was pretty insane, too. Let's look because it was 11 penalties. Uh, for the Cowboys for 85 yards, nine for the Chargers for 79. So, like, you're almost you're giving up 100 yards almost between both teams. Um, mm-hmm. It's crazy, especially when it comes to penalties. Um, and I think that's a big takeaway for me in this game is um, really the penalties and the mistakes is what lost the Chargers this game. Um, too many costly, mm-hmm. like, false starts or holding calls, um, defensive penalties too many of them to the point where they are just unable to kind of capitalize they have a couple opportunities a couple big plays that get that get called back because of an ineligible man downfield or or holding call and it's just like too much to overcome and then obviously justin herbert's uh interception uh the last drive of the game was was the nail in the coffin in a game that the chargers have been shooting themselves in the foot the entire game and then that was the very final shot that like ended it for every for for the for the team obviously yeah, for sure. And I, I will give it to the Chargers. That first like five, six minutes of the game, I'm like, oh, this is gonna this is gonna be a sweet, yeah. like a really good game because the Chargers looked great. They they held Dallas for one. I think they lost like seven yards on that first drive and then and then when the Chargers got the ball, a good punt return and they ended up scoring in five plays and a, yeah. and a really nice pass to Keenan Allen to to get first on the board. And I was like, oh, wow. They uh, they definitely, I think, had it in them. But like you said, because of costly penalties and, and their inability to be consistent, it, it ended up losing them the game. Yeah, and I think it's just the Chargers. Like, this is the Chargers that we've come to know and love, that they are just <laughs> – Classic. Like, they should be so much better than they are. Like, there's just mm-hmm. – and then what's the excuse up to this point? Like, I don't like Brandon Staley. I think Brandon Staley is not a good coach. Is he to blame for Overrated. everything? Overrated. Yeah, like, is he to blame yeah. for everything? Because I agree that, that that first, you know, they come out, the opening drive, Cowboys, they go three and out, and the, and the third down play is a sack, which is, like, such a great start. And then just looked dominant on offense. And then they obviously allow the touchdown to Dallas the next drive. And then it's just punts back and forth until the last drive of the half, yeah. which ends in a Cowboy field goal. So it's like, where's that Chargers offense that we've been seeing? And did the Dallas defense mm-hmm. figure it out or the Chargers offense failed? And that kind of leads me to where I want to talk about Justin Herbert. Um, 
I think it's time to have a very honest conversation about where we rank Justin Herbert in terms of these great quarterbacks in the league. Um, I feel very similar about Josh Allen. I'm just going to lead with that. Um, I think both are a little bit overhyped. They have great arms. They can make great plays. What have they done? You know, like the, at least for Josh Allen, what you can say is, well, he's gone to the playoffs and he's won playoff games. He's gone to the AFC championship. Justin Herbert has gone to the playoffs once in his career and blew a 27 point lead. Like in which Trevor Lawrence threw, I think four interceptions and you lost the game. It's just crazy. So we always put Justin Herbert in these conversations of, Oh, he's a top four or five quarterback. And I think it's time to have a very honest conversation that says, is he even that high? You know, like, do we even put him that high? Cause what has he really done? And what can you really count on him yeah. for? You know, in these crucial situations, you have a chance to win the game. You have a chance to go put up points. He's overthrowing receivers you know, like he's making bad plays. It's just these sort of things where it's like, we see it pretty consistently from Justin Herbert. So at what point do we say, oh, maybe he's not as good as we thought he was? It's almost you have to put Justin Herbert almost in that Philip Rivers <laughs> perfect prodigy <laughs> of, of being like, you start out so good. You start out amazing, but then you kind of lose your steam a little bit and then end up, I guess, I guess not being exactly what you thought people like thought you were going to be mm-hmm. in the sense of like just a, a solid quarterback, but not elite. Right. And I will give it to him that first season, that first two seasons, he had some really good gun slinging games. Yeah. But then after a while he like stalled out and just kind of lost the fire a little bit. And it's just like, he's trying to be perfectly mediocre at this point. And, he's just and like- it's like, yeah, it's hard for me to put him in that elite yeah. stage right now because it's just how many times have we seen, you stall out and not give it, I guess, that fire that everybody's been hoping that you would have. (laughs) Well, and and you look at Philip Rivers' career and you look like, if you're just looking at his stats, Philip Rivers has great stats. He's got tons of yards thrown, Mm -hmm. tons of touchdowns. He's got a, I think he's got a fairly decent win, win loss percentage. But when like those who saw Philip Rivers play and will remember his career will only remember it as being, just a very average career. Like his stats make it look a lot better than it was. And I feel like Justin Herbert is currently on a similar path where his stats might be really good. And he might like when he retires, he might have insane stats, but like those who've watched him play, unless he has a turnaround at this point are going to be like, yeah, he was just kind of an average quarterback. And I think it's time to just have that conversation that says, yeah, maybe he's not, you know, maybe he's like a bottom 10 quarterback, which isn't a bad thing, you know, like, being a top 10 quarterback in this league is, is something to be proud of, but not in that, you know, four five, three range of quarterbacks. I just think it's, I think I'm tired of having the conversation, trying to say he's better than he actually is. Any other final points you want to touch on Justin Herbert? No, I think that was about it. Cool. Great. Well then we could talk about um, another disappointing charger this week. Uh, Austin Eckler. Um, obviously it's his first, his first game back from a high ankle sprain. Um, not always easy to come back. Uh, was really disappointing in his return, 14 carries for two, 27 yards, which is just under two yards a carry. Um, mm-hmm. Just just wanted to see more out of him, I think. I think the Chargers yeah. have been missing him. He's been he's been such a great part of their offense for the last few years. Um, really could have had an impact in this game if he could have gotten some going. Um, great job to the Dallas defense to hold him. They've held Christian McCaffrey really well, and now they're holding Austin Eckler really well. So I don't think it necessarily bodes poorly for Austin Eckler's coming weeks but i will say that i was disappointed to see that his return was not 
really what I wanted to see. Just after such a high, heck, dare I say, like, couple seasons of such high volume games from Austin same it's like I expected him to do a little bit more and not necessarily I'm not going to put everything on him because you know it is hard coming back from an injury um sometimes to get into the groove of things but in this instance it's like yeah I think we're just so used to seeing high productivity and such good games from him that yeah it's it's hard to say that we weren't disappointed in at least a little yeah. bit in, in his production. So, Yeah. I, I, like I said, I don't think it's like a, a sign of things to come. I think he'll f- be fine. I think he'll bounce back and I think he'll be okay. Um, like for those of you who have him in fantasy, I don't really think this is time to like raise red flags and try to trade him or anything. In fact, I think yeah. his trade value at this exact moment is probably pretty low because uh, he's been injured and now he's had a really bad week. So I think you hang on to him. I think you, you wait and see what happens. I think he should do fine moving forward. But yeah, definitely like wanted to see him have an impact in this game, especially because I think the Chargers offense has been missing him. So they don't have to rely on just Justin Herbert to get things done. Oh, no, I I, yeah, I think he said it all. Don't jump ship too on him too early. I bet he'll bounce back. It was just, you know, just getting back into the groove of things. And I still think he has a lot left in the tank, and I think he'll mm-hmm. be fine the rest of the season. It's just more, can the Chargers do anything is the question. So, Yeah, I bet they can go 500 on the season and then miss the playoffs because that's usually what they, they're pretty good at doing. So Yeah, they are, they are really good at doing that. <laughs> yeah, they are. Um, but Dallas offense had a good bounce back week. Um, last week, they obviously were really stale against the 49ers, really couldn't do anything on the ground or in the air. Um, this week, I thought they had a really good bounce back performance. I will say the run game was still lacking. Um, Tony Pollard only went 15 for 30, uh, which like 15 carries is a lot. I ho- would hope you can get more than 30 yards, um, which led yeah. to Dak being the, the leading rusher on the day with 40 yards. Um, so not super effective in the run game, but I thought the passing game looked really good. Um, I was really happy to see CeeDee Lamb more involved. I mentioned it last week. Um, you should be seeing more targets to your star receivers, and CeeDee mm-hmm. Lamb is a star receiver. Give him targets. So really happy to see him more involved. Really happy to see Brandon Cooks more involved as well, which I also mentioned last week is I want to see more mm-hmm. involvement from Brandon Cooks because uh, I think even as his in his older age, he's, he's still solid, and he had a, a great touchdown catch, uh, which was a great throw from Dak. So, yeah, really happy to see your star players involved like they did. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And I'm glad that you mentioned Brandon Cooks because it's like so long I've been waiting for him to make like a big impact on a game to get kind of back to his former self. Well, kind of like what we were talking about. Go back to the glory days, Brandon. Like we know you still have some some stuff in you. We know you still right. got some Jeff Wheel in there. And I'm glad I'm glad that Dak threw threw a nice touchdown pass to him as well. So Yeah, it was a beauty. He floated it just right where it needed to be. Really, it was a really beautiful play um but yeah i love seeing brandon cooks involved because like i said last week you're bringing in brandon cooks to kind of be this amari cooper replacement which i don't mm-hmm. think brandon cooks and amari cooper are necessarily like same skill level but you're bringing mm-hmm. him in because you're losing amari cooper so utilize him and i think they did a great job of utilizing him this week um, he even had a, a jet sweep for 14 yards so like he was effective when he got chances uh, four targets for four catches uh, cd lamb went seven for seven as well for 117 yards so just across the board those two uh, just a great game. Um, yeah. Switching gears a little to talk about terrible receivers. Uh, Michael Gallup was Michael so Gallup. Awful. Yeah, I knew. Oh, I was waiting. Was... For it. I was like, hit him hard, Slade. Get him, get him good, buddy. Oh man, he was so terrible in this game. In the 
you know, the, the Dallas's first touchdown drive ended in a touchdown regardless is what I'll mention, but Michael Gallup drops a would be wide open touchdown in the end zone. Um, he's, right. burnt, he's burnt. Yeah. Burnt his, burnt his coverage. He's, he's wide open, drops the pass. Just like, like you could argue it's a titch overthrown, but he got his hands on it. You expect him to make the catch. Uh, and then later in the game drops another completely wide open touchdown. Just Again, like yeah. Dallas ended up winning the game. So obviously it didn't matter too much, but this game shouldn't have been as close as it was because Michael Gallup had two touchdowns that he dropped. Um, yeah. He had 10 targets and three catches for 24 yards. Don't yeah. target him 10 times. Why are you targeting Michael Gallup 10 times? He's not good. Very clearly. Never he's target Michael Gallup 10 times. Yeah. As I was saying, you should move about uh, nine of those <laughs> targets over to CD lamb. Somebody that like actually has good hands and that would catch those touchdown passes, dare I say, 10 out of 10 times. Well, and he does have good hands as a thing, too, because early in the game, Dak, on their opening drive, or their second drive, I think it was their touchdown drive. Oh, no, no, it might have been their opening drive. Doesn't matter. Anyway, uh, Dak had a couple throws that went high, and CeeDee Lamb jumps up, makes a catch. Like It looks effortless. Like He's just jumping up and really easily making these catches. And it wasn't just the touchdowns yeah. from Michael Gallup. It was also like he had like a quick slant to get a first down and dropped it. Yeah. Like He's just making these things where it's like, dude, what are you doing? You're paid to catch these balls. How are you not catching yeah. them? It's like, and I get some people have bad games and whatnot, but the, yeah, two touchdown drops and the wide open slant too is just, yeah, unacceptable. Yeah. And I think it's hard. Like I, like again, yeah, people have bad games, but the Cowboys have been waiting for Michael Gallup to be consistent. If not wide receiver two, then wide receiver three for at least three years now, because I think yeah. it was 2020. He had a really solid season and I was really high on Michael Gallup entering the next year um, ends up getting injured. Um, I think he tore his ACL in 2021 and then comes back in 2022 and is just not good and hasn't been good this year either. So I, they've just been waiting for him to be this guy. And I think at this point it is time to bail on the Michael Gallup experience because he mm -hmm. is just clearly not what you want him to be. Well, great. I think that's a good segue. Uh, we'll talk about MVP LVP. I gave my MVP to Dak this week. Um, obviously he was my least valuable player last week. I think he had a great turnaround. Really. I think he was really, really efficient. He was good at running. He had his rushing touchdown, a couple good, uh, touchdown passes. Uh, so I just think, sorry, just one good touchdown pass. But again, I, I mentioned before it was a beauty. Um, I think obviously he was the reason they were scoring. Um, he was the most effective. Um, and he had a really good bounce back week from the 49ers game, which could be like a killer for a lot of people. So just wanted to shout out Dak. He's my MVP for the game. Yeah, I I do think that Dak had a really solid game. This is one of those games where Dak played how he should have. but And I know that these games are few and far in between, it feels like now, but what Dak has done lately, I know he's going to have a stinker the next game or yeah. two, but he did. He did look really good. I'm going to go ahead and put my MVP as C.D. Lamb. He went yeah. perfect 7-for-7 seven for, seven for 117 yards and... He's just a consistent receiver. He really is. And he's exactly what you want out of a star. He's just have, got great hands and feel like you can catch anything that is thrown his way. Like, yeah, yeah. without without any effort. Just give him the ball more. <laughs> Dak played. Dak was definitely an honorable mention, though. Yeah, for sure. Crazy to see that when you target your best players, good things happen, uh, which I think is what the Cowboys have been failing to do what? at this point. So. So keep that going. Keep targeting your good players. And I, I believe that good things will continue to happen. 
I think so too. Who you got as LVP? Yeah, I don't normally do this, but I went with a, a player from the the winning team. I normally try to give it to somebody from the losing team. Um, I think the, the Chargers, all, all things considered, minus Austin Eckler's kind of crappy week. I think the Chargers played really well, so there wasn't anybody in particular that I was like, oh, like clear and obvious. Um, I would have given it to Austin Eckler had he not been coming off an injury, but he was coming off an injury, so I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt. So I went with somebody from the from the winning team. I went with Michael Gallup. Again, this game should not have been as close as it was, and it was only mm-hmm. as close as it was because he failed to capitalize on the opportunities he was given. Stop giving him yeah. opportunities. <laughs> it's like, don't let him. Do not target that man 10 times ever Seriously. again. Ever again. That's so funny you said that because my LVP <laughs> were the corners in this game for the Los Angeles Chargers. In general, they, they did all right, you know, but that, just that Chargers pass defense sucks. And mm-hmm. yeah, if you're going to leave Michael Gallup open twice, you're lucky that he didn't catch the ball. But still, the fact that you're even doing it, I'm going to have to give it to that, to that, uh, your defensive backs on that one because yeah. they should not be that open. They shouldn't. And, and even CeeDee Lamb having as good a game as he did is just indicative, I think, of the Chargers' pass defense, which we know is bad. And it sucks yeah. because they had J.C. Jackson, who was really solid, and then obviously he didn't pan out and they traded him back to the Patriots. So you like, who do you really have? You've got Derwin James at safety, but you don't really have anybody else in, a, in the cornerback room that you can really rely on. So, um, But yeah, totally agree. Not a great game for them at all. Yeah. Well, I think that about... Uh wraps up our games there we'll hopefully get a consistent dallas team here in the next couple weeks and she's hopefully their playoff i don't think they'll have any problems getting to the playoff they got a pretty easy season the rest of the season um but just consistency just just give the dallas fans what they want shut them up for like half a second please until you rip their heart out again I think that yeah, I agree. I don't think Dallas will struggle to get there. I think that the true test will come when they have to play actually competent teams who right. are ready to, to ready to make a deep playoff push is that's when they're going to have consistent problems. So I'm sure we'll see him in the postseason. chargers. Good luck. We will see tough AFC. I, I don't know. I really, I don't, I don't know right now. We'll have to wait and see where they end up. I agree. Who we got next week's late. Yeah. Uh, Thursday night, we got Jaguars at saints. Um, I like this matchup actually. I think it'll be a solid one. Um, that being said, I think the Jaguars are getting hot right when they need to, uh, good mid season push to just kind of get a nice cushion moving into the off season or to the, sorry, the end of the season. Um, I think the saints offense has just been really, really bad. Um, which doesn't make a ton of sense after you went and got Derek Carr, but just a really bad offense completely right now. Um, so I'm going to take the Jaguars in this game. I think it should be relatively close. I'll take Jaguars 27, 14. That's a good, I would have went with the Jaguars and gosh, dang it. I know by even me making this prediction, you're going to win it, but LA is a hard place to play, man. In that, in that dome. So I'm going to, I think I'm going to give it to the saints this week, except mine will be a lot closer. Mine's going to be 21, 21, 17 again. Um, pretty sure that's what I made for the chargers Dallas game, but this one felt right. I'm going to give, I'm going to give it to the saints this week. Yeah. I like this matchup, I do, I do, and I think if the Saints offense can figure it out, they really probably should win the game. I just think up to this point, I haven't seen anything that says they're going to do it, and the Jags right. are coming off two wins in London, which obviously London is 
pretty much the Jags home stadium anyways. Uh, but a good win against the Bills last week, I think it's a really good opportunity for them to continue to make a good push um, yeah. and go a couple games above 500. I think it should be a good game, though. It'll be a good game, I think. Okay, cool. Sunday Night Football, Dolphins-Eagles. Also really excited for this game. I think this is going to be a really fun game to watch, too. Um, Miami's offense has been unstoppable up to this point. I don't think much should change. I think they'll still score a lot but I don't think they'll be as great as they have been against a really good Eagles defense. Um, the Eagles are coming off a loss, an ugly loss to the Browns. Uh, terrible game from the Eagles. Not a good game at all. Um, I think they're going to be playing with a little bit of fire, a little bit of heat. Um, I expect good big games from AJ Brown and Tyree kill in this game, uh, but I'm going to take the Eagles here. I think it's going to be high scoring. Um, I think it's going to be 31, 28 Eagles. Yeah. Also, it's it's hard for me to bet against Jalen Hurts, especially after coming off of that bad loss that they had against a oh, pretty below average Jets team. Um, it's so hard because two has been having a great season so far. He's thrown 14 touchdowns and only five interceptions, and Jalen's thrown seven touchdowns to seven interceptions. But I think I will have to give it to the Eagles this week. I think that they are looking to bounce back and 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 really put – a thumping on, on, on Miami. I'm going to go 28, 14 in this one. All right. Yeah. I think this is a Jalen hurts revenge game for multiple reasons coming off a loss like week, but also got benched in the national championship for Tua who ended up going to win the game mm-hmm. before uh, Jalen yeah. hurts transferred to Oklahoma. So, um, Boomer probably, sooner, baby. Yeah. Probably looking for a little bit of revenge there. So, um, I expect a good game. I expect it to be high scoring, but I expect the Eagles to come out on top. Yeah. Okay. Let's talk about this last um, one, baby. Yeah. Monday night football. Um, we'll finally get to talk about the Vikings. The The bad news is we'll get to talk about the Vikings in a very poor way. Um, the 49ers also coming off an ugly loss to a not a great, a great defense in the Cleveland Browns, but a pretty poor offense in the Cleveland Browns coming off a, a bad loss to that team. Um, I, again, don't expect this to be relatively close. Um, I love the Vikings. Obviously, I support them till the day I die. Without Justin Jefferson, a poor run game, um, not a lot of offensive weapons stepping up to where we need them to be. Um, I think we will struggle heavily. Um, so give me the 49ers in this one, and I'm going to say 35-14. Dude, ooh, that's close. I, I was going to give it to San Francisco and go 34-21. to 21. So we'll see. I'm giving, I'm giving the Vikings a little – a little bit of credit this week. I, it's always hard. I never know what we're going to get out of the Vikings, but every once in a while they'll throw out a banger of a game, and and they hopefully, do. I mean, if, if we're if we're lucky for your sake, I'll, I want you to get a win, Slade. I want you to get. A I win do too. Bad. And and I and I know, like for anyone who watches, will be like, "Are you even a Vikings fan?" I've learned to try to curb my expectations from them, so I'm less disappointed when it comes. So I might yeah. eat my words, and I would be more than happy to eat my words. The Vikings do tend to do this thing where they have one or two like really great games a year for some reason, and who knows? The 49ers coming off of last week look beatable. You know, like Brock Purdy didn't look great last week, and CMC yeah. is a little bit torn up, a little bit injured. Obviously, it's just no bleak. I'm sure he'll play this week, but a little bit. You know, he was injured last week, so it's like it's coming off a week where it's like they do look beatable, but I think it's because they're coming off a poor week and a, and a poor defensive showing and a poor offensive showing against a, not a good Vikings defense and a Vikings offense. That's clearly struggling without Justin Jefferson. I just can't yeah. imagine 
the Vikings actually pull this one off. But I will say, given the circumstances of the Vikings, if we wanted to make a playoff push, this is a must-win game probably. So who knows? You know, like I could eat my words. Please, if there's a Vikings God, let me eat my words. Um, But I don't expect to eat my words in this game. All right. Well, best of luck to him. Yeah, we will see. I'm looking forward to talking next week games. We got we got two really good games that I'm looking forward to. And then the Vikings game, who knows? Maybe we'll be surprised. Uh, maybe it'll be a little bit better than I'm thinking. But um, appreciate everybody tuning in again. Uh, we really appreciate the support. Um, we've mentioned before, we're currently live on podcast.com, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and YouTube. Um, we're on Instagram, coaching from TC. We're also on TikTok now, coaching from the couch. Um, feel free to look us up, give us a follow, give us a shout, uh, tell your friends about us, but we really appreciate the the continued support. Uh, and we're looking forward to, to talking to y'all next week. All right. See you guys later.